Psalm chapter 1, or Psalm 1. Last week we did an introduction to the book of Psalms, and we're going to be spending some time on Sunday mornings looking at various psalms. Psalm 1 is a wisdom psalm. We said there are psalms of praise, there are psalms of lament, there are psalms of royalty that uh, honoring God as king. There are psalms of wisdom, giving great wisdom. Uh, there are various kinds of psalms scattered throughout this. And last week we, we were reminded that psalms is really a voice of mankind communicating with God. And it gives a picture of this communication of Times when the psalmist was in the midst of a valley and crying out to God in lament. There were times when he was on the mountaintop, so to speak, and giving great praise. And it, it really gives across the board a true picture of, of the nature of man and our relationship to God and the reality of that. Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 are really the gateway of the Psalms, not just because they're Psalm 1 and 2. Um, neither of these Psalms bear a title. A lot of the other Psalms will have a title. But they, they serve as an introduction to the whole book of Psalms. Psalm 1, as we said, a wisdom Psalm demonstrates the way to a joy-filled life by living according to the guidelines that God sets down. And then Psalm 2, Lord willing, that we'll look at next week, speaks about God's enthronement as the king and the futility of nations to thwart the fact that God is king. Psalms 2 focuses on trusting God and trusting God to fulfill his promises of justice in the earth and so on. So, Lord willing, we'll look at that next Sunday morning. But the psalm opens in Psalm 1, and I want you just to follow along in your Bible as I read. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Psalms begin with holding before us the central place of God's law in our life. And... Uh, he begins with this, and as we'll see, he ends with Psalm 150, a mighty song of praise to God. 
So he begins with uh, calling our attention to the law of God and how a man can be blessed. But in this psalm, he provides a stark contrast of two different type of people. And uh, through it, we want to look at Psalm 1 here today, the profile of a man, by man we mean mankind, by an individual blessed of God. Notice he begins, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And he goes on and he gives some characteristics of a man that is truly blessed of God. Um, You know, there are things that happen in life and we can say, Wow, what a blessing! And later you might say, Wait a minute, was that a blessing or not? Um, studies have proven most people that win the lottery, it ends up destroying their lives. So what they thought was a great blessing um, turns out to be a curse. You mark it down, any blessing that God gives is indeed a blessing that you'll never regret. And... When he said, blessed is the man, and he starts to give us a profile of an individual that is blessed of God, and it it begins with his choices. Notice the progression here. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's making choices what he walks with. He stands... Not in the way of sinners, and then he sits not among the scornful. It's a, it's a definite progression. You may come alongside someone and walk with them, but when you stop and stand and stop and commune with them and communicate with them, and then it's a whole nother thing When you make yourself at home with them and you sit down with them and you spend extended time together. And all of these are choices that a blessed man makes wise choices. It's not saying that a blessed man has nothing to do with sinners because we are in the world to be a light. But there's a difference with being in the world and being a light and walking together with the same purpose, with the same goal. We have, as believers, we have a different purpose and a different goal for all of our life and the overwhelming purpose of our life. We just sang, I'd rather have Jesus than man's applause or fame or money. Those, generally speaking, are people's purposes in life. I want to make a name for myself. I I want to get money. I want to get notoriety or whatever. As believers, we, we are to have a much higher calling than that, a calling that is eternal. And a blessed man makes a wise choice. He's careful who he walks with. He's... Um, Very careful what he becomes committed to. And 
He is of utmost concern with what he makes as a way of life. The scornful are those who mock and deride and scoff those that value virtue and the things of eternity. And he says here, a blessed man guards his life and he's not on the same page. He's not pursuing after the counsel of the ungodly. He's not pursuing after the way of sinners. He's not sitting down and enjoying those that mock God. Now, we can mention that today, but what are some of the real outworkings of that in our life, in our choices that we make? Where do we go on our phones or on our internet? Are we, are we walking in the way of sinners? Are we choosing then to stay there? Then does it become a way of life for us? That that's, that's really where we find our fulfillment. In our thought life. Where am I going in my thought life? Am I walking? In a way that's contrary to God, am I dwelling on that? So it comes down, all these are our choices. And a blessed man honors God with his choices. But you notice it goes on and says, and this is what I love about God. He doesn't just say, don't do this. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He gives us the reason that this man is able to understand, recognize, and reject the philosophy that is contrary to truth, to God. Because he meditates in the law of the Lord. This is a Jewish phrase that represents Scripture. And he says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates there and night. He meditates there day and night. The meaning of meditate means he He doesn't just go, read a verse, put it down, got my devotions done, now I'm on my way. He thinks about these things. He endeavors to understand its meaning. He has delight in reflecting on it. It's not a subject with with which he puts away or is indifferent. He has a desire for the Word of God and he keeps it before his mind, and he's come to delight, not like, oh man, I've got to read the Bible. No, this is truth. This is God's mind concerning everything. George Mueller was an individual that was mightily used of God um, in establishing orphanages and ministries and Bible schools in England. And he shared in his autobiography that 
after a number of years of walking with God, that he really really came to see more clearly than ever that, quote, the first great and primary business which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. He said, so I began, therefore, to meditate on the New Testament from the beginning, early in the morning. He said, the first thing, and this is a quote, the first thing I did after having asked in a few words that the Lord bless his precious word to my soul was to begin to meditate on the Word of God, searching, as it were, into every verse to get the blessing out of it, not for the sake of public ministry, not for the sake of preaching on what I thought about, but for the sake of obtaining food for my soul. He said, as a result... I began to see that my soul became happy in the Lord. He said, for ten years before that, I'd go, I'd get up, I'd go to God in prayer, but my prayers would be empty and hollow. How did George Mueller become a blessed man? He began to meditate on God's Word. And it was his delight The more you get into the Word of God, the more it will be be your delight. But understand this, it's going to be a battle to get to the Word of God. Because Satan knows, if I can keep you from that, I'll have you where I want you. You're, You're easy pickings. And so it is a battle. And and understand as you decide, no, I want to be blessed and I want to delight in the Word of God. You know, this is the only book of all the ages. This is the only book that hasn't needed to be changed or modified. I mean, it's fascinating to me to take some... um, science books or other books and to read and and you take a book from 30 years ago and it will say things that that you think well that's that seems so obscure i mean it it doesn't even relate anymore to to the society that we live in this book is relevant this book is is real. This book is is precise for every age. And when you decide, I am going to give myself to the Word of God, you can expect a battle because this is not just some compilation of man's writing. This is the Word of God. And the blessed man, God blesses the man that has an appetite for his word. God blesses a man that delights in the word of God and and keeps it before him. So he makes choices. No, I'm not going to walk here. I'm not going to spend my time with those that mock God and criticize God. I'm not going to be entertained by them. My delight is in the word of the Lord, and in his law I will meditate day and night. And then you notice verse 3, and he shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Notice the endurance of the blessed man. He shall be like a tree planted. This isn't just a tree that happened to grow up by the river. The blessed man is a tree that God takes and he plants it. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It isn't the Hebrew that is used here is not the river like we think of the Sheraton River or the Mississippi River or the Cedar River that's flowing out of its banks. This is... Literally, it means the water to be divided. It's In our minds, we would relate to it as an irrigation ditch. Here is a tree, the blessed man, God takes and he plants that tree and he puts around it irrigation. When I had the privilege to travel in Israel... They call it the green line. Israel has been, been very prolific in, in building irrigation canals. And Israel is green, and the minute you cross over Israel, it's back to a desert. You can see it from, I mean, from a distance. You can see it flying in. They literally call it the green line. And God says, a man that is blessed... It has been chosen by God, and he's planted, and God provides him. God waters him so that when the storms of life come, when the droughts come, he is watered and his leaf will not wither. He endures. A blessed man can endure the storms of life, can endure the difficulties that come, and um, has a continual supply of water God is providing it, and it's no coincidence. He delights in the law of God and the continual supply of water. But the blessed man endures. And then you notice what it says. That bringeth forth fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither. You notice his fruit. This tree is deliberately placed near this water water source, as a matter of purpose and plan, and it is planted to produce fruit. It is inevitable that it will prosper. It is inevitable that it will produce fruit. The blessing on the righteous is not a reward, but it's part of living the life revealed by the will of God. It's a natural thing. You plant this tree, you water this tree, it will produce fruit. We are not to just be ornamental trees. We are to be fruit-bearing trees. And in season, he mentions here, he bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Well, what season is it? Well, when you're being... Tested by others, it's the season for patience. You'll bring forth the fruit of patience. When you're in the midst of suffering, it may be the season that faith is produced by the Spirit of God. In the midst of trials, it's the season of joy. 
It's the Spirit of God that produces these things. But he, he says the blessed man will bring forth fruit. Fruit takes time, and so that requires that we have patience. Keep doing the right thing, and the fruit will come. So he says, the blessed man produces fruit. And if you'd look down to verse 6, I want to note one other thing about the blessed man. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Notice his comfort. God knows. God knows what you're experiencing today. God knows your frame. God knows you belong to him. God knows your name. He knows your need. He knows your heart. He knows your hopes. He knows your failures. He knows your fears. He knows your potential. God knows. And what a comfort that is. There's there's days that come that you think nobody knows what I'm bearing. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody cares. But the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And there is great comfort. The blessed man has great comfort. But now notice the contrast. Verse 4. So he lists all these things. The choices of the blessed man, the delight of the blessed man, the endurance, the fruit of the blessed man, the comfort of the blessed man. And then he says in one writing of the pen, the ungodly are not so. The man who has little or no time for God in his life, someone who has ruled God out of his affairs, it's not the same with them. That means, number one, they make the wrong choices. They walk with sinners. They walk with scoffers. They sit with them. They stand with them. They have no delight in the Word of God. Number two, they are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. The chaff is the like the, the husk of the wheat. It's uh, when, when the grain is threshed, the chaff is just blowing to the wind. It's, why? Because it's worthless. An ungodly man is worthless. There's no use to them. There, there's no purpose until they come to Christ. There is no meaning in their life. That's why so many people are, are going through this life with no purpose, no meaning. Why? Their, their life is, is worthless apart from Christ. When we choose to put God out of our affairs, when we choose to run our own life, our life is like the chaff. It's just going to be blown away. There's no use. And then he says, Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, meaning they are defenseless. When the judgment comes, there is no hiding, there are no excuses, they are guilty and condemned before God. The very one that created them, the very one that gave them breath, the very one that gave them all the resources, the very one that is the author of their life, no, I don't have time for God. I don't need God. I don't believe in God. Someday they are going to stand before God and they will stand before God condemned. 
They have no standing before him in the sense that they are defenseless and nothing to stand before God and they are condemned. They are guilty. See, the law was given to be our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, when we love other things more than God, we're guilty of that. And as you go down the Ten Commandments, each one comes down the ungodly, which all of us were born into this world is ungodly. The ungodly, it's condemned, guilty, guilty, guilty. And we have no standing before God for the forgiveness of our sins. And that means the ungodly will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But notice the last part of verse 6. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Those that rejected God will be separated from God and everything good for all eternity. You may say, why would God do that? God hasn't done it. We have chosen to reject God. God says, I'll make you like a tree planted by the river of water that you will, you will be blessed. You will be given eternal life. You have this opportunity. The choice is before you. Will you walk with those that reject God or you walk with God? Will you meditate in God's word, in truth, or will you think on and chew over and, and meditate on your own ways and your own philosophies and the philosophies of the world? It's incredible. An incredible study is to um, see how those that have pursued their own philosophies, the philosophies of the world, how they end up dying in their pain and agony and bitterness and rebellion against God. But those, the blessed man, knows the grace of God, knows the truth of God. The difference between the blessed man and the ungodly man all comes down to Jesus Christ. We aren't righteous in and of ourselves. Our righteousness is of God. But I want, I want to call your attention to three comforts from Psalm 1. Number one, we can be blessed. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what your present condition is. You can have the blessing of God in your life. I don't care what your education is. I don't care what your family background is. It doesn't matter. All of these things that he said the blessed man is, they can be yours through Jesus Christ. And we can know the blessing of God. You know, in in life, there there are things that come out that, um, you know, you just can't do it. You don't have the mental aptitude to figure all the math and be uh, whatever. You don't have the physical abilities to be an Olympic athlete. So, well, I just don't have it, so I can't do it. 
But that's not the way it is with the blessing of God. It's not like, well, I just don't have it, so I can't do it. No, this God wants to bless you. And I don't mean in, in make you a millionaire. He wants to bring you to a relationship with Him that you have the peace of God. You have the joy of God. You have fruit of the Spirit in your life. You know the reality of God in your life. And that is a great, great comfort. We can be blessed. I believe there's a lot of Christians that have the attitude, well, I'm just muddling my way through life. No, we can know an intimate walk with God. We can know victory in in this present life. So there's great comfort from Psalm 1. We can be blessed. Secondly, there's great comfort knowing God will bring judgment upon the wicked. We'll find this reiterated over and over again and throughout the book of Psalms. But understand this. God will bring judgment upon the wicked. You know, it's easy to get bent out of shape. It's easy to look at the news. It's easy to look at stuff going on and, and think that isn't right. And why do the wicked prosper? And how are things going to ever turn out right? The day is coming when right will prevail because God is going to bring judgment. And we, we as believers should keep that foremost in our mind and let that minister peace to our soul. There's a lot of wrong in this world. But God is going to make it right. And God will bring judgment. And then there is great comfort. We've already alluded to this. There is great comfort that God knows. God knows your fears. God knows your limitations. God knows your past. God knows your future. God knows every thought about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. And the comfort that that is, that I'm, I'm one of seven, eight billion people on the earth but God knows me. He knows my needs. He knows, and not just, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. No, He knows us individually. And He wants to minister in our life. And He wants to plan us. And He wants to produce fruit in our life. And it all hinges back to, one, what we've done with Jesus Christ. And two, do we delight in the law of the Lord? There are only two categories of people. Righteous, those in Christ, because we're not righteous in and of ourselves, and ungodly. There's only two categories of people. Those who have been made righteous by receiving Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, and those who have rejected Christ. But in the category of those who have received Christ as Savior, there are those that meditate in God's Word and have made God's Word the priority of our life. Do you understand, of all there is in the world, only God's Word is eternal. 
Everything else will pass away. God said, my word will not pass away. So what, what do you think we ought to, what do you think we ought to invest in and meditate in and delight in? And as you start getting in the Word of God and you start memorizing the Word and meditating on it and letting it shape your thinking, there comes great, great delight. And then the tree starts growing and producing fruit. And you think, wow, I'm normally not a patient person, but look what God's doing in my life. I normally don't even care about that, but look what God's doing in my life and the reality of it. But it all comes back to this. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. There's great, great comfort. Knowing that, wow, even I can be blessed of God. There's great comfort knowing God will bring judgment on the wicked. And there is great comfort in knowing God knows. Heavenly Father, I pray that your spirit would stir in the hearts of each and every one of us to value, to desire, to love and delight in the law of you. Lord, I pray first of all, if there are individuals here that have um, been living their life without you, Lord, I pray that they would see if they continue to do that, that they will perish. They will be separated from you for all eternity. And I pray that they would see you calling them today to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and be given spiritual life. Lord, I pray that each of us here today would know what it is to be clothed in your righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, I pray that every believer here, that we would make wise choices to choose to delight in your word, to delight in the law of you, to meditate therein day and night. And Lord, I know, based on the promises of your word, that when we do that, we will prosper. There will be fruit to the glory of you. So, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us for neglecting the truth. And I pray that we truly would know what it is to be blessed of you to the point of fruit that honors you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.